Hey guys, it's Bert. I'm a wide awake in a hotel room posting this podcast. I'm on fairly high on painkillers right now. Not high enough to enjoy it, but high enough to take the pain away. I fell off a waterfall this week in North Carolina. Not that bad. About 15 feet on my back. I thought I broke my back. Certain I broke my ribs, but I'm fine. Can't break the machine. <laughs> okay, maybe I'm enjoying them a little bit. <laughs> I'm, uh, but I'm not missing Parlor Live this week. March 27th and 28th, I'll be in Seattle, and I will tell you the story about how I fell off the waterfall. And I'm sure I'll tell it a hundred times on this podcast. Today's guest, a friend of mine and a guy I've known for a long time, the sweetest guy in the industry. He is inarguably the largest selling comedian in the world. My pleasure to introduce to you, Russell Peters. <laughs> this is... Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. I lived in Studio City for five years. Never met anybody. Not one neighbor. Really? Yeah. I moved here within one day. That neighbor came over with his wife, his twin daughters, and a plate of baked cookies, fresh baked cookies. Are you fucking kidding? <clears throat> Welcome to the neighborhood. You'd think it would be different. That like, do, pe- do people know who you were when you moved in? Yeah, no clue. Really? <clears throat> He's a lawyer. We're, we're recording. You can talk. Yeah. No, no, no. I know we're, <laughs> I know no. we're recording. Did, uh, how long did it take before you bought the house? Did you um, look at a lot of houses? Looked at a lot of houses. And uh, Do you uh, have like, do you do like, this is going to sound weird, but th- I'm gonna, when we bought a house, we were like, all right, we can afford $600,000. Right. But I really wanted a $700,000. Like once you break a million, your house is really nice. In, in the valley. Mm-hmm. You, it becomes... You start seeing where the million dollars is, but for six hundred thousand dollars, you don't see shit in a house. Yeah, you like, see. You look at your neighbors and you go, "Well, wait, why am I and that guy on the same street?" Yeah, and, and you're so, like, you know, you're doing better than him. Yeah, but for some reason, he's able to afford the same house as you. It's so I so I when I but did you do you do the same thing? Like I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna throw out re- round numbers, okay? Oh, uh, you don't have. To, I'm not sensitive about numbers. No, but like I don't. I can't imagine how much this house costs. But what do you think this house costs? Uh, Nine million dollars. No, way less. Really? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding? That's me? why you just got to look. Really? Yeah. It's got to be five, four. four, four. This is four million. Four and change. Yeah, dude. So I this is <clears> what I do, and so I, I got an acre and a half of land. Yeah, facing the ocean. It's fucking gorgeous. You wake up and you overlook the Ma- Malibu. Yeah, you, and you look, overlook you're the ocean. Pacific Ocean every it's day. It's absolutely fucking gorgeous up here. <clears throat> the uh, trying to make sure we're recording and talk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's go- so. Do, so did you go? I'm. I'm. I'm assuming. I'll, I'll paint it out in my head. I imagine your brother and you say. And you say, I want to buy a new house. Your brother's like, All right, I'll fly down. We'll go look at houses. No. Really. It was all my doing. You did it by yourself. <clears throat> yeah. I. I uh, I had finished doing my notorious tour, and you know I had a decent amount of money sitting in the bank, but I had no motivation to get back out on the road and do anything because I was like, "Well, the house I'm living in is beautiful, and it's really cheap to live in now. Like the the mortgage is very minimal." Yeah, and you got well, you have a three percent, three point seven percent mortgage on this house. I'm imagining. Yeah, I don't even know like the details. You know yeah. what I mean? And I was like. Well, like I need to be motivated, and it sounds obnoxious, but I, I get motivated by need. Like I need to make money, or I'm going to go broke. You know yeah. what I mean? <clears throat> so, 
I said, I want to look at houses that cost around $5 million. And my accountant was like, I would advise you to not look at houses. That look. <laughs> he goes, you can technically you can afford it, but why would you do that? Because I have, you know, a house in Toronto, a house in Vegas, and, and I already have the house in Studio City still. You still have that? Yeah, I rented out. Really? Yeah, I rented out to this family. They, and they pay shit ton of money. It's great. It's, we're, we're thinking about doing that with our house because <clears throat> our mortgage is nothing. And, yeah. uh, and it's a great school district. And yeah. so people definitely want to live there. We could rent it out for probably twice what our mortgage is. Oh, yeah. It's I do that insane. three times what that is. It's great. Yeah. And it's, you know, it pays for itself. So your accountant <clears throat> says, I, I would advise you against that. Do you he go goes, look at houses by yourself? Yeah. I, I would call, I called my real estate buddy and I was like, can you send me listings? And <clears throat> I was looking in, you know, Calabasas. And I just wanted to get out of the LA area because I was getting a little fed up with it. Uh, and then uh, I, I was like, I drove out here one day, just just on a drive down PCH, and I was like, "This is beautiful. Like I could look at this every day and yeah. not feel bad about life." Uh, it's pretty fucking. F- I was talking to Segura <clears throat> coming in. He yeah. called. <clears throat> I'm on the PCH, and I go, uh, and I'm cutting that corner, that first corner out of Pepperdine mm-hmm. where it opens up and you yeah. see the water. And I go, "This is fucking gorgeous." And he's like, "Yeah, no wonder. No wonder I live down here. No wonder Russell lives down here. Yeah. Like this is you remember." Oh, the hard work I'm putting in isn't for fucking nothing. Oh, yeah. It's- yeah, I didn't want it to be like <clears> – like I went to a, a really dope house last night. Uh, I went to this uh, designer had for Fashion Week. She had this runway show, and then she had a party at her house. And her house is this beautiful place in Los Feliz that used to belong to Bella Lugosi. And, and, oh, uh, those are pretty cool. <clears throat> those are the, the – the, from what I've gathered, the way Hollywood – or the way California's L.A. worked – was downtown is where they first settled this place, mm-hmm. and then it just expands out. But when you get to those Felis and and that Atwater Village and all that mm-hmm. area, you get all these old old like uh, guys' houses. Like yeah, and they're just gorgeous. Howard Hughes lived in it. Yeah, and Johnny Depp owned it at one point. And there's a room where Jimi Hendrix had slept in it one night. You know what I mean? So, like I was going around the house, I goes, "This is beautiful. It's stunning. Like it's, I mean." I would have changed it because, you know, it's, you got to be an artsy kind of minded person to look at things and go, wow, that's so cool. Like all these paintings on the pillars and on the ceiling and everything. And, you know, it's it's cool when it's somebody else's house. But when it's your house, I'm like, I got to get rid of that. You know what I mean? But I don't have that in me. To It's so interesting, too. I've I've always formed opinions about you, like <clears throat> based that are always, always inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I remember talking to I remember, I your brother Clayton is one of my favorite human beings in the world. Right, I fucking love him. I have a one lasting memory that I'll never forget. And by the way, I don't even know if this is real, but but I remember this in my fucking in my little, you know, like those you know those little things in stand up where they just yeah. where you go, like I remember Jim Norton being the first person to compliment me on mm-hmm. my on a joke. I remember a joke David Tell complimented me, and I remember um, uh, doing that Showtime special that we did out in Amsterdam, mm-hmm. and I was on stage. And I, t- I don't know what I said, but I looked over and you and your brother were sitting on the side of the stage. And whenever joke I said, your brother, his eyes closed and he was laughing. And I remember you looked at me and looked at your brother curiously, like, what the fuck just happened? Like, it was, but I remember that distinctly. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I always like, I always think, like, I, my, I was talking to Leanne. I go, what questions would you want to hear? Ask Russell. She goes, number one, she goes, I want to know, how does, how does someone, because she's followed my career, how does someone go from open mic to O2? 
Like, how does that? Well, like, that, we're talking twenty six years now, right? But there's guys that have been doing like no, like, like what, like what is the like what is the leap? Is it to the point where you're at clubs that things are so like they're, they're adding so many shows that yeah. you're like it gets to the point where you're like, all right, I can't do fourteen shows this week. So that so <clears> my that voice was, can't do it. That was literally like they were like it was out of necessity. It wasn't out of. Um, oh, I think I should do these big shows. Because a, a lot of these guys, that- a lot of these people that are, you know, and and you know, God bless them, they're they're getting to do the arenas at least once in their life. But you know, these are people that are, you know, weren't necessarily selling out the clubs even. Yeah. At least sell the clubs out. Do it in stages. Sell out the clubs and sell out the theaters. That was a lot of people made I, the jump. I did it the in the, I did this. You know, did it in the stages you're supposed to do it in. Yeah. And you know, I'm on my fourth arena tour now. It's fucking insane. Which is pretty insane if you really think about it. I mean, you know, some guys got one theater, uh, one, uh, some guys get a theater run out of their career and maybe just end up only playing theaters. And there's really nothing wrong with that yeah. on any day. But there's, I, I, I'm at the place where I'm <clears throat> cool doing clubs for the rest of my life. I if, like doing clubs. I love clubs. I, I, I really like doing clubs. I like, I have no problem. People are like, well, you're going to end up back in the clubs. I'm like, that's fine. That's yeah. where I started. Yeah. <clears throat> Why would I not want to go back to where I started from? I love going into the club and going in the kitchen and just yeah. fucking grabbing fries and chicken tenders. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, it reminds me that I'm a comic. I love I love coming in on a Sunday. My, one of my favorites is coming in on a Sunday when you've had a big weekend and everyone's hungover from Saturday night, mm-hmm. and you roll in. and I, I think of the date and funny bone exclusively, and and I, I love to like come up with a drink that I've never had and then drink that drink all night. <laughs> my, I used to do I used to do uh, White Russian Sundays. I remember the first time I did it was I did it in uh, in Columbus, and I told Dave Stroop I go I'm going to sell you out of vodka. I'm gonna tonight. I'm gonna sell you out of vodka. I'm drinking White Russians, and I, I just everyone get on stage. White Russian Sunday. Let's just drink White Russians. And we ran out of cream <laughs> before we ran out of vodka. <laughs> but, uh, but I love clubs. I, I, is there that kind of like small, uh, like almost like uh, the thing that you love about clubs, like the the little things. Is there the same thing in arena tours? No, the arena tours are very disconnected from humanity. Really? You know, it's it's your backstage and only your crew can see you and only people, you know, only people you know will be back there. Yeah. Know? Only people like and like all the staff that works at the arena uh, is on like they don't look at you and you're like, why is nobody looking at me? Like, really? I guess because musicians are fucking weird. Quirky. You know? They're, yeah, but I don't buy that shit either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when they pull that, oh, don't don't look at him. He doesn't like to be looked at. I'm like, who who the fuck are you? What are you more artistic than we are? <laughs> I don't like being looked at at my kid's school. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I hate when someone makes eye contact with me and I don't know their name. That's when I wish you could avert your eye eye, eye policy. Yeah, just wear sunglasses. Yeah, look like um, a creep. <laughs> so, it, so it's just you back there. You have an opening act. You brought Segura to work. I've with taken you, right? Segura to the O2 with me. Matter of fact, yeah. I remember he told me that and he's like, "You have no idea." Yeah, it was it's, great. He killed it. But right now, who are you touring with? Greg Rogel. Oh yeah, I know him. You know Greg? Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I don't know him. But I know him from New York. When I started, he was. Yeah. Are you from was, New York? No, nah, I started in New York. Where are you from? Uh, Tampa. That's right. Fucking Florida. Me and that's Segura right. both are Florida boys. That's right. Now that's where I met Segura. Was in ta- in uh, uh, West Palm. He uh, middle. He featured for me one weekend there. Really? Yeah. He was real green. This was about nine years ago. He's still real green. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the thing that befuddles me about Segura is I when I met him I don't think I ever watched his stand up. I just like being around him. Yeah. I love being around the guy. And then all of a sudden his stand up got really fucking good. We just had this conversation. Like literally five ten minutes ago, he was saying you need to get 
out of the clubs and start doing one-nighters out at bars and out at bigger <clears throat> arenas and just do your one show. And I was like, I was like, I can't believe I'm saying this for the to the guy that used to feature for me, but I think you lapped me. Like I think I've been doing TV so long that I've just kind of. Are you not, still doing the the travel show, dude? I've been doing travel show for seven fucking years. Wow, I've been. Uh, uh, you're mental on that show. I watch you and I go, hey, good on him. I could never, I oh. never do any of that shit. I well, you, <clears throat> you travel. You're you are the perfect. no the traveling I could do. No, but but you, you go and do the the yeah, fucking you, the jet the, the 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 skiing off a cliff and shit. And I'm like, yeah, oh, hell no. But you travel like you travel yeah, like you the, caught me in the in the. Ten days that I was here, really, and like I'm literally leaving. And what's today? Tuesday. Yeah, I'm leaving day after tomorrow for New Thursday? Zealand and Australia. New Zealand, <clears throat> New Zealand, Australia, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, Bangkok, London, Amsterdam, Norway, Sweden. So wait, so Copenhagen, and then that's the tour. Yeah, that'll take me out till May. the The tour ends in December. Holy Funny enough, shit. it ends in the Middle East. <laughs> Really? So that's a good way to go. So I, I love... I <laughs> it's love, the beheading tour. I love... <laughs> hey, who'll be headlining? <laughs> the last show's got a cage on the center of the... Yeah. the um, I, uh, I love the small details in, in things. I love small details because it helps me visualize it. So explain to me, like, like uh, logistics. You go on tour in two days. You're t- heading off to New Zealand. How many bags do you pack? I will pack two suitcases. That's it. That's it. The two you saw downstairs, the yeah. the silver one and the I'll probably take that little burgundy one too. So you take two suitcases. Mm-hmm. Do you wear the same thing on stage every single night? I will be bringing three suits and just <clears throat> rotating them. Yeah. You wear a suit on stage? Yeah, but I, it's funny enough. I just I, I don't usually. Sometimes you know I switch it up all the time. But I just recently when I was in India last two weeks ago, um, I had these suits made. What happened was I bought a, a designer suit, an Ermin Gildo Zenya suit. And it was really dope. It was made out of sweatshirt material. And I was like, wow, this is the best sweat- suit I've ever worn in my life. Fuck, and then yes. in India, you can go to any tailor and be like, can you make another one of these? I'm like, no problem. So I, sh- I brought uh, the tailor. I was getting some stuff made, and he came for a fitting in my hotel room. And I go, hey, I got this suit. Could you make one like this? Jersey material, sir, no problem. What color do you want? <clears throat> and I go, yeah, get me. Uh, what do you got? He goes, we have blackish, black color and gray color. I go, give me both color. <laughs> Do you find yourself I do. picking up the Indian accent oh my God, when, when I, you're in India? When I talk to them, I do it all the time. I'm fucking head nodding. <laughs> but I'm doing it most of the time to be an asshole. Like, I'm calling everybody a bastard. <laughs> bastard, come here. Bastard, please. <laughs> and they're not even picking it up. They're like, bastard, bastard. So, so, so you go to New Zealand. Where are, you, are you hitting Queenstown? No, just um, Auckland. Auckland. Yeah, it's fucking great. Auckland. Peter Jackson should come out to your show. That'd be great if he did. Uh, he, Peter Jackson was on my podcast. Was he really? Yeah, I'll uh, send a, I'll send an email out and tell him you're there. That'd be cool. I'll, yeah, he's I'll, hey, I could put him on the guest list. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> he's fucking fascinating. He's a, he's an interesting guy, barefoot yeah. all the time. Oh, really? Really sweet dude. Um, so then you go, is he disconnected or is he? Oh, really connected. That's amazing. He's into his thing. It's <clears throat> like yeah. uh, it's like I don't know. This was a very, I just you know when you when you don't know people like that, you just assume that that's their world. It is. That is his world. Like that is his world. Like he's he is. It's like the cool thing about uh, that I've learned in, in life in the last probably five years is that if you find someone with passion and you talk about them to them about what they're passionate, the conversation is the easiest fucking thing. Yeah. So the hard time I have a hard time talking to anyone that isn't comics on this podcast because <laughs> I, I like because it's hard to def- it's hard to determine what their passion is. Yeah. And, and I and there's certain things that like that me and you are in the same 
fraternity, despite the differences in our and where we're performing and what our lives may be like. But like, it's really funny when I saw you playing with your daughter. I thought, I thought it's so funny. She hasn't. She he's on the road. He she when they get dad, they're all over it. You're so much better of a dad than I thought you were going to be. Oh really? Oh, I'm a horrible dad. Well, no. Here's the thing: you live with your wife. You're still married, yeah. and you live with your daughters. Yeah. So it, <clears throat> I can sort of see how you would not so much take it for granted, but you're kind of like, well, they know I'm I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And for me, because I'm divorced, and my ex-wife brought my daughter over just now, I always have to really savor those moments. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, like to put her in her bedroom just now to make her play with the. But the chef, this sounds so obnoxious. <laughs> As I'm saying it, I go, "What a fucking douchebag you are, Russell." No, but there's certain things that are that are that it's that factual are, and it's yeah. and it's douchey at the same time. <laughs> I, 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 if I was listening to this, I'd be like, "I would fucking punch Peters in his face." <laughs> no, it's but it's part of it's like it's like the fucking truth is is. As we left, I went. That is interesting. His chef is your chef's fucking hot, by the way. <laughs> her, her boyfriend's a comic. That's how I met her. Who's her boyfriend? I open my. I don't know if he's open. My Stuart Lawrence, I think his name is. Uh, he's at the store all the time. He okay. works at the store. I'm supposed to be at the store tomorrow night. <clears throat> You'll probably see him. Tall, lanky guy. Um. So, but yeah, like I was, I was shocked at how good of a dad you were. Like that, the connection, not the fact that you talk to her, play with her, hug her, or you know, but the connection. There is an actual real connection, and I went, oh fuck. Like not that I don't have that with my kids, but I told you. My yeah, kids. but yours are also older, so yeah. I think the you know the older you the kids get, the more they disconnect from I'd you. I'd love to go back to when they were four. Yeah, mine's four. It's so easy. Oh, it's the fucking greatest. Now they're. I told you, Isla's calling me bruh. She doesn't even call me dad anymore. <laughs> they call me Bertrude McFuzz and bruh. <laughs> the only reason they t- I fucking see them half the time is because I have candy in the man cave, and so they'll come back to get Skittles, and then like they don't want to just go straight to the Skittles, so they're like, "Hey, Dad, yeah, hey, it's what's like, up?" It's like after you had ten drinks with from the stewardess, and you kind of start a conversation with her, and you're like, eh, "I guess I'll have another Heineken." Yeah. Um. So, so what do you do on the flight? On the flight? Yeah, just no <clears throat> pills, no drugs, no. Booze. Oh no. So, uh, well, here's the thing. Uh, you know, you get to fly, like this last trip. I flew. I fly Emirates first class, and you know what that's like—the sweet piece of cake right there. Yeah, and I'm excited just because they just recently announced that Etihad just announced that they're going to start flying that. The uh, <clears throat> it's called the uh, what's it called the the private it, fuck it. It's it's a suite. It's yeah. a. <clears throat> I think I saw this. I think I saw this online. <clears throat> it's there's only three of them on the plane. Yeah. Yeah, you get a, a living room, a bedroom, and your own shower, your own bathroom. It's going to be, what, 50 grand? No, it's like 28, 30 grand. Those tickets are ridiculous. The first time I flew to Australia was first class, and my wife was like, and my wife was coming. And she was in economy. And she was, yeah, she was in, but she was on a different fucking flight. I was like, listen, <laughs> I was like, I can't have you on the same flight. You're going to want to switch out. <laughs> but uh, she was like, cash that ticket in, fly coach. And let's pay our fucking mortgage for half the year. And I yeah. was like, I was like, fuck that. I'm yeah. never getting this opportunity again. And but I, I have since done it again. But it's like it's hard to go back. It's hard. Yeah, to go- I, like I, I, it's so bad. Like I don't know what I'm. Gonna, this is gonna sound again so fucking awful. <laughs> I don't know what I'm gonna do when I have to fly business class. <laughs> Like I really don't. I'm like, <laughs> just, but I've flown first. I for get that so it long. reclines, but where's my personal?
personal valet. Where is the door? <laughs> we did on on Emirates. You get a door. You get a door. You just it's like being in a train. Yeah, you you sit down, you stretch out, you hit this button, and the door closes, and that's it. You're in your own room. Do you flying own... Emirates to New Zealand? No, <clears throat> flying Qantas because I don't know what Air New Zealand is like on their first class. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, see, I didn't want to chance that for, Qantas, for an 18-hour flight. Uh, Qantas is, in my opinion, uh, better because they've got the A380, I think it is. Yeah. And the A380, the business class is on the top. I mean, yeah. Everything on the top is just fucking fantastic. You know what flight I got? I got offered the seat and I declined it. It was on uh, KLM first class. It was seat 1A. And I went, eh, it's very interesting. And they said it's a double-decker 747. And the lady said, oh, you're going to like this seat. And I said, why? She goes, you have a front-facing window. And I went, oh, wow. I said, no, thanks. It really? freaked me out. The idea that I could see the fucking – I could look forward in the plane. And I was like, I was like no, 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 no. I can't. I, I'd rather be on the top deck. What a waste. I know. And then, But then I, did, I switched it because I had a panic attack. <clears throat> and then halfway through the fight, I went, I'm a fucking idiot. I should have taken that goddamn seat. I feel like I feel such an idiot. But then we got laid over in Amsterdam. So um, I'm always fascinated by people who don't drink. I drink. You, but you're not, but you're, not like a, you're not like a boozer. No. Uh, I go through fa- – like I last year I – I went crazy with the drinking last. Really? And all I drink is tequila straight, so <laughs> it's like it gets pretty good pretty quick. Oh. But so, then I started noticing like when I'd look at pictures I was bloated and fucking puffy and I'm the fattest I've ever been in my entire life right now. I actually I thought you lost weight when I saw no, you just fine. Like, disgusting. It's cuz my beard's <clears> long. <throat> Do you drink on stage? Uh not no, I haven't I think I haven't drank in a long time now. Really? Yeah, just cuz I was I was getting like man tits on the side. Oh, I got those. It was going here. Oh, I've gotten to the place where I'm so fat I have to shave my underarms to jog because they'll tie in knots. Oh, I've had that happen. <laughs> so, hey, the fact that you're jogging is good. Dude, I'm running every single day. And I cannot lose any fucking weight. Are you I'm, dieting? I'm dieting a little bit. Do you want my chef to make you something? No. Again, oh, what I saw what that. I saw that sick. lunch today, and I went, "That's fucking how you're supposed to eat. Like a piece of salmon, small portion of rice." I was like, oh. She won't even give me rice. She makes me uh, like she'll make rice out of cauliflower, so it looks like rice, but it it's fucking great too. I'd be using my chef like Leonardo DiCaprio used the Django. I'd be fucking like, come on, wake up, we're making brownies. <laughs> like, what? I'm fucking hammered. I want s'mores. <laughs> so the t- who do you who are you taking on tour with you this year? Uh, this, so, this- <clears throat> so Rogel's coming with me to uh, Australia, New Zealand, and. Uh, and Asia, and then I, I'll send him back to New York because he's already done Europe with me. Yeah, and then Ruben Paul will come out with me. Really? Yeah. And you and this you know is, Ruben Paul. This is uh, yeah, you, yeah. I do. I think. Of course you do. Black yeah. guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Does uh, do you, this sounds really? But you probably deficit the whole tour, or does someone pay for that? No, they. Uh, like, how does that work? Like we uh, we get offers, and then it'll be like, all right, here's the offer. Here's a guarantee. Here's how much you could stand to make, but here's definitely what you're getting. So it'll be like, here's, you're definitely going to get $2 million for this. And if it does really well, you're going to get $3 million. And then it'll be like, and then here's the budget for flights. And it'll be like an, an astronomical amount of money. And, and that way we can all fly business and first and, and uh, it's really good. Like so, so. so do these guys do these guys kind of balk when you're like guys I'm going back on the road I want to do some clubs they're like oh oh, oh yeah all the uh, 
<clears throat> my crew? Yeah, they're all very... What? <laughs> Why are we doing clubs, Russell? Because they're not coming, you know? <laughs> they're not, so it's, when I do a club, it's just me. I'll show up with my assistant, Eddie, and that's it. Really? Yeah, and then, like, I'll, like... I say I bump into somebody at, at a comedy club of, like... Hey, what are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm, you know, just, you know, you know, people always have a story, you know, like, oh, man, just, just out here trying to, you know, I got bills, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, how you doing with, no, hey, you're going to come to Toledo with me for the funny bone, you know, Ugh. whatever it is, even if it's shit money, I'll take somebody out. What did, uh, were you the guy that, did, like, there's certain types of comics that call headliners, like cold call headliners, and they're like, hey, man, you got any dates? I'm looking for a date. Were you one of those dudes? Never. You, but you were a hustler. Yeah. Like, I remember, I remember, do you remember where, where we first met? <clears throat> no. Scotland. We were at a, Oh, that's right. We were, the... we, were at a, we were at a cafe across the street from Tumler, I think. Tumler? Tumler is in Amsterdam. Not, not, it's not Tumler. It's December. Late and Live. Yes. Let, across the street from Late and Live. Russell Brand was in the street. No, not Russell Brand. Um, Ali G was in the street uh, doing Ali G stuff. Mm-hmm. This is before anyone knew any one of us ever knew who Ali G is. I, I knew who he was because I was in England all the time. Yeah, but I don't remember him doing that. I, well, maybe that isn't true then. <laughs> we were in a cafe, but it was definitely in Scotland. Then it was in it was Scotland. Edinburgh was that? That was fifteen years ago. Really, it was two thousand, and I was with Patrice and Rich Voss. Oh wow, you were with those guys? Then? Yeah, yeah. Well, we did that. We did that. That's hilarious. I didn't realize that was you. Yeah, and we, I thought it was. I thought it was Patrice, Rich Voss, and Louis Schaefer. And Louis Schaefer and Ben Bailey. Ben Bailey was there too? Ben Bailey split time with me because I got a TV show. I thought I Voss had to leave halfway through, didn't he? Nope. No, I, I had to leave halfway <clears> through. That was you had to leave I got a t- through. I got a TV show. Wow. And so we went. And yeah, I knew Patrice because I would slept on his couch before. Yeah, and he, he said, I remember I remember sitting down and you, you were handing out flyers. You have flyers for your show. Mm-hmm. And we were not selling 13 tickets a night. Right, we sold nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember you saying to us, "You like you guys should come see our, see my show," and Patrice was like, "Nah, I'm not gonna fucking do that." Yeah, and then I was really into it, and I was like, "Come on, let's go." So me, Patrice, and Rich Voss—I want to say Voss might have been just me and Patrice. Yeah, you and sat and watched your show, the whole show. A lot of crowd work, but a lot of like. And Patrice was like, "I remember him kept going. This motherfucker's gonna be famous. You watch, it's gonna piss me off." <laughs> oh, it did piss him off. <laughs> It's like <laughs> I remember Patrice coming up to me maybe around oh five oh oh six oh seven. This is I think the kind of motherfucker that's going to be famous. I remember you had you had you had uh, flyers in your hand and you sat down with us at this cafe and Patrice was mocking you for having flyers in your hand. You're like, I got to promote my show. He's like, man, like and you know Patrice, just the fucking little cynical, things, yeah. cynical. And I remember you getting up and going around and handing out flyers and sitting back down with us. <laughs> and Patrice was like, this watch, that's what you got to do to be famous. Watch this motherfucker's going to be famous. <laughs> I saw when uh, Patrice in oh six oh seven and he and he comes up to me and goes. Yo, Russell, look. <laughs> and you know, he takes that pause like <laughs> the way he's calculating. And he looks cut, away you. and he puts a giant finger up and he'd be like, <laughs> okay, I'm not saying you're not funny, <laughs> but you're not funny enough to have everything that you have. <laughs> and I said, I know. <laughs> I agree with you. I know what you're saying, and I agree with you. Because it would piss him off when you didn't get mad. Yeah. He he loved when you got mad, and I wouldn't get mad because I was, I'm still, I, I, I was and still am such a fan of Patrice. 
Yeah, that you know, whenever he made fun of me, I really looked at it as a badge of honor. You know. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely. Uh, the only thing better than getting mad when Patrice would say stuff is uh, I used to get my feelings hurt, and he used to get so mad when I get my feelings hurt. Cause he'd say something horrible to me, and I just kind of go, like, "Why would you?" And he'd just be like, "Oh, don't fucking." <laughs> I remember. I remember at the end of that tour, I go, "Patrice, I'm glad we got to hang out, man. It's fun. Uh, I'm glad we got to be friends." He goes, "I'm not your friend." I go, <laughs> "I go what?" He goes, "We're not friends." He's like, "Were you gonna pick me up from the airport?" And I was like, oh, I, guess, "I guess not." <laughs> I was like, "I guess we're not friends." Yeah, he he was an interesting guy. And he he was a fascinating dude, but I remember meeting you then, and then it was like it's like it's kind of interesting because I I I saw you blow up, but I didn't see the path. I met you then, and then I went to LA, started doing TV, and then I want to say like five years later, no, probably yes. five years later. Yep. Is that what was it? It was I, I was uh, <clears throat> two thousand three. I shot a special, yeah, in Canada, and then it aired. In February of 2004, four, fuck, I'm getting all years. 2004 it aired in February. And then <clears throat> YouTube started a few months later. And that. And then <clears throat> somebody put it on YouTube. And that is the. That's it. What was the, what was the, what was the canary in the mind for you that you were like, oh shit, shit's changing? Um, <clears throat> well, in 2005, I went. Well, here's a, here's a, here was a definite thing. In uh, February of 2005, I played DePaul University. Yeah, in Chicago, and uh, 12 people, 13 people came to the show, and they paid me 700 dollars. And I felt guilty that they were paying me all this money, <laughs> and and nobody came. But I still did the show. I did a, a great. It was a good show. Like I mean, yeah. for those 13 people, it was a great show. And then later that year, I think November of that year, I went back to Chicago and was doing like a uh, uh, like a banquet hall in a hotel with like four or five hundred people, like three of those in a row. Yeah. And I was getting like, you know, 15, 20 grand or something like that. So wait, was it was it that quick? It was that quick. Really? Like and it, I couldn't figure out what was going on because you didn't. I had no clue because I still didn't know about YouTube. Oh fuck off! I still didn't know about file sharing. I didn't know about this world. So, so just, you weren't you weren't like a, you weren't like a MySpace promoter. No, I had no, I had no clue any of this was happening. I was just like, wow, people really like this special. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, how are they getting it? it was only on in Canada, and, and that's all I could figure out in my head. I was like, how did they get it? How did they see it? Yeah, and so all of a sudden you're just like, the fuck, man! Like, and then and people are coming up and quoting your bits. Yeah. What was the what was the bit that you'd say got the most like like I th- I think I told that machine story on Rogan's podcast and it changed my life it definitely changed my earning potential in clubs right um, and that story is a story that is pivotal in my career is that I What's will the always, machine story you never heard it no are you serious I'm serious uh, I'll tell you later <laughs> because you've done it on every podcast I've done it so fucking I've done it every show for the past three fucking years <clears throat> I robbed a train in Russia. With the Russian mafia. Oh, I think I heard about that. Yeah, and so that that story changed. I tried. I started doing a documentary, and I and this is. I forgot that you you knew how to speak Russian too. Remember? Where were we? And you spoke Russian, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Probably Hawaii. Yeah, that's what it was. Hawaii was one of the fucking greatest. That was like that was one of those trips where you did not need to do that, but you did it. I think as a favor to Tom. Yeah. (laughs) I've said this by the way a number of times. You and your ex came. 
Yeah. That Kimberly. Girl, you, you still talk to her? No, no. She's married and has a kid now. God, she was fucking hilarious. <clears throat> yeah, remember she called uh, Martha Luther King Day. <laughs> Do you remember? I, we got on the tour. Oh, yeah. We were talking about my ex-girlfriend, Sonny Leone. <laughs> no, that was that was horrible. And then who was it? it? You mentioned it, and then she was right there, and I was like... No, no, no. I said... <laughs> we're sitting with oh you with, we're sitting with me Tom oh Bush, yeah you didn't know and That's... your brother and she, and her and I said <laughs> and I said I had just seen Sandy Leone and I said oh my God Russell have you ever seen the Indian <laughs> porn star and you're like yeah and I go no 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 hold on hold on and your brother starts going <laughs> his eyes closed and I go no 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 she's and he's like no no I, I know who you're talking about and I go no 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 hold on one second she's the Indian porn star she's so fucking hot do you know who I'm talking about you know, Sunny Leone and I go I don't know if that's the name you're like pretty sure that's the name and i go are you sure and you go she's my ex-girlfriend and kimberly like got up and left and and your brother and then you went after her and your brother laughed for a solid five minutes he was like you're so how was so stupid how did you know to do that i go i didn't know that he dated her he goes that could have been more perfect that could have been more perfect that we got on the tour we went to do the the tour of pearl harbor that's right we got on the boat and kimberly goes so does this go underwater (laughs) i lost it you had you rolled your eyes and the rear admiral's there and you're like no this stays above water (laughs) that was a great that was a great that was fun yeah and then my favorite part of that is obviously we're at war with iraq Mm -hmm. and uh tom and i both go and i think we had worked dirty and they were not happy and then you went up and i hear in the back who's this fucking brown guy and tom goes huh maybe this wasn't a good call (laughs) (laughs) because we did those we did the rifle training me tom and push and leanne and i remember the guy saying and tom was like man i really wish i think russell would have liked this and we're like yeah god man that stinks that he's not here and then the guy goes all right we got one rule in the marines if it's if it's if it's brown and moves you kill it and we're like well it's a good thing him and clayton stayed home <laughs> so so um yeah that was that was that was one of my f- favorite road trips in comedy that was a fun time so the youtube blows up what was your one pivotal bit that that would have been there was <clears throat> There was, uh, I guess the the main bit was somebody's going to get hurt real bad. Somebody's going to get hurt real bad, and then uh, and then they took and then be a man was the other one. Really? And then there, that whole special just everybody had like a favorite piece of it. Did your dad ever call you and go, "What's happening with you?" Like, no, my dad died right before it all happened. Are he died saying? a month after it aired. Oh, I remember that because I think <clears throat> I said something about that and Clayton. <laughs> <asked> it. <laughs> <laughs> he died right right before it aired you know it aired and he died a month later oh my act killed my father <laughs> how'd, how'd your act do killed <laughs> what about your mom <clears throat> no she didn't kill her okay did my she, mom's alive she's good she's did, happy did she did she witness it where like oh she yeah she's still you know she's still reaping the benefits that's fucking insane my mom's in india right now just she's in india yeah just chilling she she's canadian right yeah no she's indian but she's you know no but you guys are i remember you explaining this to me you guys are british anglo indians anglo indians who your mom and dad were born in india born both born in india both anglo indians but went to anglo indians were made when the british were in india uh they were kind of promoted to marry local as opposed to try and bring in british women because they back in the 1800s they'd die on the journey because of the whatever you know yeah. what I mean? so they were just like hey listen you guys are here there's a there's a lot of people here why don't you find one that you like here and then uh, their offspring 
of a British officer and an Indian woman would be Anglo-Indians. And if it was an Indian father and a British mother, then they would be Eurasians. <laughs> okay. And uh, so Anglo-Indians had a very distinct way of speaking and a distinct culture. And uh, some of them look like you. Some of them look like me. Some of them look like Hapu. Some like they would really? look like whatever, like depending on who the dominant gene was. But, like I have uncles that look like you. Really? And then, you know. I have, the cousin that boxes in Brooklyn, is he look <clears> like <throat> me? Like you have a cousin who boxes, I think, in New York. Or uh, not boxes, trains boxing. Yeah, trains. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know why I, I, I had... I'm, not, I'm going. I'm gonna. I, I had a pitch for a movie for you a long time ago. I told it to Skur, and he's like, "I think that might be racist." So he's like, "Don't tell it to Russell." But I. But I remember. I, I'll, I'll I, I'm, I'm not sensitive. No, 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 <laughs> no. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Uh, I'll tell you. Let me finish this. <laughs> but I remember you mentioned you had a cousin <clears throat> who trains boxing, and I was like, "Oh, really?" And you're like, "Yeah, you, you were into boxing." Yeah, I boxed for nine years. Yeah. yeah no, I just. I wouldn't say he boxes at all. He goes to the gym and he won't even spar. So I'm, you're not fucking boxing. Yeah. You boxer side. Yeah, but I remember you talking that you were into boxing. You knew more about boxing than I'd ever met anyone that knew about boxing. Like, yeah, I feel I like that, boxing kind of... I think that's what uh, that's what connects Rogan and myself is that we, he can talk boxing with me and I can go deeper. Yeah. Because I, I love boxing. I, I know very little about boxing, probably more than the average person, but very little when it comes to, like, you or Rogan. It's, you know, it's funny. Is the other day I, I was checking Twitter and this kid was like... Hey, now I just found out that Russell P likes boxing. Hey, why, why don't I'd love to spar with you? And I'm like, I'm like, who is this kid? And I'm thinking in my head, does some kid think I'm joking or something? You know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. like I've done this. I know how to do this. Like, <laughs> is this really the way you want your life to go? And, you I'm, and I'm thinking like, who is this fucking kid? Yeah. Just some mouthy. You know, these kids nowadays they just mouth off, right? Yeah. So I click on his page, and it says Julius. Julius Jackson. And I'm like, and then it's, uh, and I read his profile. Son of former three-time WBA middleweight champion Julian Jackson. I go, oh, hell no, I'm not sparring with you, kid. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I, I replied to him. I said, if you're anything like your father, nope. <laughs> what got you into <clears throat> boxing? Necessity. Because I was a small kid with a big mouth, and I used to get beat up all the time. And did your dad get you into boxing? Yeah, my dad was just one day. I, I after just getting beat up enough, my dad just. I came home. My dad goes, "Son, you're a pussy." <laughs> <laughs> my dad used to box in India. He was just learn how to fight. It's just embarrassing. Like, really? Yeah. And I was like, "All right." So then you took box. Then the, now, well, ever- the guy, one of my good friends that I grew up with, was uh, a Canadian champ, uh, amateur, and and he was like, "Just go to the gym with Willie." And he was like, Willie, take him with you. Make sure he knows how to fight. Did you ever get in a fight like after that? Oh, yeah. And was it, what's it, I, I saw we had this kid, Mark Small, who was Golden Gloves in Florida. Only saw him get in a fight one time in college. Mm-hmm. And it, uh, what I remember distinctly is he made a noise when he punched. He went, like, yeah, I did that too. And I went, oh, so often when you hear a fight, you just, no one makes a noise. They just throw a haymaker. But yeah. this guy took a jab. Uh, and fucking laid the guy out and i was yeah. like oh note to self yep that, that's 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 usually how it ended up for me after that's crazy <clears throat> and then when i did jujitsu for a little while um i would end up choking people <laughs> how long did you do jujitsu three years yeah yeah where did you train here out here no in canada really yeah do you know ron jostle uh, comedian filipino guy uh-uh. um really funny guy he taught me because he was uh he was doing jujitsu 
And he, this was like 96, 97. He was like, hey, can you teach me how to punch? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I'm like, because your little jujitsu is not going to get past his jab. Yeah. And I'm shooting jabs at him. And he slipped under one. And he had me in an arm bar in seconds. Really? Seconds. And he was he was trying to snap my arm. You could hear it going. Oh. And I was like, dude, stop. I'm screaming now. I'm like, please stop. I didn't know about tapping. I'm like, yeah, stop. stop. <laughs> Why are you doing you this? You the international design for stop. <laughs> <laughs> I go, you're killing me. It's going to break. I'm losing my arm. <laughs> your, your octaves go higher and higher. You're, you become more and more feminine with each scream. <laughs> So and then, then I was like, teach me, teach me this. Like, really? Yeah. So then he started training me and then uh, he took me to his gym and I trained with him there. Really? Yeah. So wait, so, um, that's so fucking fascinating. I feel like no one, I feel like no one learns how to box anymore. Yeah. I like know. no one learns. Maybe people take <clears throat> jujitsu, but boxing is kind of like falling off to the side for just Mexican, young Mexican kids. Yeah. You know, but I don't know. My, my, there's a whole, I mean, it seems like that on the outside, but there's a lot of. Like you go to any boxing gym, there's a lot of fighters in there now. But there's a lot, a lot of, of people in there now, as opposed to fighters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was a I was a people in the gym. I wasn't a fighter in the gym. You know what I mean? Like when I look back, I'm like, oh, the, you know, the, there were the guys that would get up at six in the morning to go run. Those were the fighters. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was guys like me that would stroll in around four in the afternoon, and I was the guy in the gym and take lessons. I wouldn't really take lessons because it wasn't like a class, but <clears throat> you know, I knew everybody in the gym, so. My coach would see me coming and be like, he'd be working with a real fighter. And I'd just look at the coach and be like, go, do the stairs. Run up and down the stairs for six rounds. Go upstairs and skip for five rounds. And I'm like, huh, I want to box. Yeah. <clears throat> He's like, well, not until you warm up. Go. And then and I'd come down and goes, okay, go hit the bag. And then you would think he's not paying attention because I would do things to see if he's paying attention. Yeah. Like I would just, you know, throw a half-ass jab and look away. And he'd be like, look at the fucking bag. <laughs> Hit. It's not, turn your head. He'd come out of, out of the ring. And he'd reposition me like, drop. Pop. What are you doing? And then he would smack me around and be like, all right, go. And then I'd be like, all right, all right he's paying attention. As much as they seem like they're not paying attention. They were, they were watching you. That's so funny. DC Benny. You know, you know DC Benny? I do know DC Benny. DC used to, do, to uh, <clears throat> I don't even know if this is accurate, but I, like sometimes I don't, my memories fade into what I guess would be uh, other people's, like I, like I, yeah. but I remember DC talking about sparring and that some sometimes dudes would just, you'd go in and someone would just light them up and people would fucking tee off. And he was like, like some of these old, better guys would come in and just be like, yeah, I'll spar with you and just beat the fuck out of you. Yeah. See, uh, you know, there's, you got to trust the person you're sparring with. Like you have, they have to know your motivation. Yeah. When you get in the ring, you know, there's some guys that want you out of the gym and they'll do what they can to get you out of the gym. And then there's guys that understand that you're just doing this cause you know, it's what you used to do and you know how to do it. And like when I go now, to my boxing coach and he, he well, him and I will spar and he's a former world champ, but you know, I'll, I'll try and light him up. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah. but it, it, it doesn't make a difference. It's like a, it's like a guy who knows how to tell a joke coming up to a comic going, oh, I, I take you on, on your stage. Yeah. And then you're like, okay. <laughs> and then they tell one funny line. You're like, and then they just stand there for the next 10 minutes, people staring at him, you know? Yeah. It's, it's that, it's the equivalent to that where you're like, Oh, so you had the one joke. Okay, you done? 
Yeah. I That's love- basically me when I'm sparring with my coach. I'm like, all right, ding, pop, pop. And he's like, oh, oh, so you thought that's it? All right, and then pop, 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 he just beats me up for the next four rounds. Do you train when you're on the road? <clears throat> I don't. Uh, well, what do you do when you're on the road? For to- I have uh, in my rider, in my hotel rooms, I have to have a yoga ball. Really? Because they're great for sit-ups and push-ups and stuff. Really? Yeah. What's a yoga ball? I don't even know what a Those fucking yoga ball is. big fucking round bouncy balls. Really? You ever see them in the gym? The- yeah. Yeah, you sit on those, and you maybe about a couple of feet away from the wall, and you sit on it, and you wedge your feet to the wall, and then you do sit-ups. And you get great sit-ups out of them. I haven't done a fucking sit-up in forever. And then I get 20-pound dumbbells, and I just curl them. You buy dumbbells in the city and then just No, no, no. I just uh, have them. It's in the rider. It has to God, be what else is in your rider? Uh, those are the things that I definitely put in there. <clears throat> um, squirt top bottles of water. The sport tops. Yeah. Just because I'm really clumsy. Like, even this this fucking bottle on this coffee right now is killing me because I keep spilling. <laughs> it has people like, oh, you're so specific. I'm like, no, I'm just really clumsy. <laughs> it's like watching two Down syndrome people make out. It's just not, it's, <laughs> it's just messy. I think I've actually seen that mm-hmm. on Life Goes On. <laughs> I think that was one of the, the story arcs in season three. I think we've just got offended a whole bunch of people by saying that. Uh, probably. <clears throat> yeah, the... Uh, yeah, I don't. I, I, someone, I apologize. Someone, I had stuff in my rider for whatever I'd go on the road with, but it was like it was like bullshit stuff that was like they had used someone else's rider for my contract. <clears throat> yeah, like they had submitted the contracts; it was the same, but it was someone else's contract. And they were like, "Hey, man, uh, in your rider it says you need." Uh, I forget what it was, but it was really fucking stupid. I was like, "I don't have a fucking rider." <clears throat> I was like, yeah, oh. I, I get to like uh, gigs, and they'll and they'll have stuff, and like, yeah, we had a tough time finding you this, and I'm like. I, who wanted that yeah it's in your rider i'm like i didn't put that in my rider <laughs> like every time i get to a gig there'll be a a cheese platter and a meat platter and a veggie tray and i'm like i don't know why this is always following me around i never eat them yeah i never ask for them i, I don't, don't like look food for before them. a show i i just need fish and vegetables before a show that's it that's all i need yeah that's all i want man maybe a bottle of water maybe a coke just to uh make me burp <laughs> do you know what I mean? I like a twelve pack of Heineken. Like, I, well, like when I do, I wouldn't mind if there was a bottle of Don Julio and Yeho backstage at the <laughs> show. But I'm just saying, <laughs> I would like the one thing the clubs do for me now when I go in is whenever I show up, there's like a six pack of Heineken on ice, like in a bucket in the green room, and that's absolutely nothing. I mean, every club could do that. It's not like a real stretch. But I'm friends with a lot of the club club managers, so they know that I like drinking. You get in, you get like a young feature who's, he's like, dude, uh, can I have one of your beers? I'm like, they're not mine. They're fucking all, like, yeah. it's the club's beers. Like, I didn't like. Yeah, I don't, I I, <clears throat> I, I appreciate when they respect it enough to ask. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to look like I'm a diva where you're like, I'm like, can I have some of that tequila? Yeah. 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 What am, what am I, an asshole? I'm going to drink that whole thing? Go ahead. <laughs> and then they swing it right out of the bottle with their lips. And you're like, like oh, come on, you ruined it. So we, so when you do like, say you do like the O2 Arena, what? celebrity like i'm imagining that there is this cross share between like the promoter has a bunch of people that they've comp tickets to and like celebrities we don't allow it meet and greet what look we 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 keep a tight hole on on comp seats for promoters really well we'll be like first let's see how it sells then we'll determine comps and then we'll determine where your comps are going to be because they're not going to be in the first front rows. Yeah. This isn't a rock concert where it doesn't matter who's in the front. 
Yeah, you want fans in the front. Laughing. I want fans in the front. Yeah, you don't want fucking. We do casinos and like our high rollers. I go, I don't give a fuck about your high rollers. Move them back because <clears throat> I'm going to fuck with them. And I will, if I know they're high rollers, I'm going to hurt their feelings on purpose. Wait, are you doing, do you do crowd work in the O2 arena? Yes. I How do crowd fuck? work in every arena. How do you do that? I have cameras <clears throat> on yeah. stage that point at the crowd. And are those, are those seats? Noto- yeah, I guess you didn't see Notorious, right? I, no. I haven't seen anyone's fucking special. Oh, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> I do a lot of crowd work in that way, too. Yeah? Yeah, sorry. So <laughs> does, uh, does, do you mic that front row so that you can hear them? Um, <clears throat> no, but I repeat your answer. Oh, no, but how do you hear them? I can't imagine that you could hear well, them. Well, it's only like the first three rows. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, sir, what's your name? And then the camera's on you, so you're on the big screens. Everybody oh, knows who I'm shit. talking to. They can see you replying, and I repeat yeah, your answer, yeah. so everybody's in on the joke. You don't want to be in a, you know, 16,000 people and only you and one person are in on this joke. <laughs> yeah, That's what I probably would do. Yeah. I'd probably be like, what's your name? Bomb. That's a stupid name. Yeah. And then everyone's like, but what was his name? <laughs> so but don't worry about his name. But do you get do you get celebrities that come out and want to do like a meet and greet after the show? If they're celebrities, I never very rarely, but when whenever they're there, yeah. Sure. Like what about India? Like when you do India, I'm I'm imagining and I don't I assume this because you 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 have huge Indian draw, like Asian draw. But like when you do India, I imagine there has to be like some Bollywood fucking actress that wants to meet you. Yeah. There's usually one or two. And so, like, that's yeah, cool. I don't, I'm not. I'm not opposed to being a beautiful woman. Yeah, bring bring her back. What's that? but like? I that, <clears throat> see that's the kind of stuff for me that like, like, uh, I, like when that happens to me, I lose my fucking mind. And oh, I the get story totally I t- geeked out. Really? <clears throat> when I played Madison Square Garden in December, my green room <laughs> before the show just looked like it looked like a snapshot of like 1989. It was like Craig, uh, Craig G, Cool Herc, Melly Mel, Grandmaster Kaz, Big Daddy Kane, Bumpy Knuckles. Really? Uh, everybody was just chilling in my green room before the show, and just hanging out. And you yeah. know, but you know those people. Yeah, but still, I'm, I'm. No matter how much I know them, I'm still a fan. Like these are people I had posters of on my wall yeah. when I was a kid. And I'm like, this is amazing. That kind of takes it. That kind of takes it to a surreal level when you realize oh, yeah. that you've you were obsessed with as a kid, and they're in your green room. You're like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it's just uh, it's one of those things where like I can't believe these guys are asking me questions. <laughs> do, you pay, I mean? do you take pictures with celebrities? Absolutely. Oh, I never do. Really? I'm never. I I want. What's the, what's the point of them being there if you can't take a picture? You know? I, I get nervous. I get. I have weird. My dad wasn't a photograph guy. He wasn't like, a, hey, let's get a photo in front of this kind of guy. No, my mine neither, but still, I mean, you know, these things don't happen all the time. So I'll show you cool pictures. <laughs> it's funny that I'm showing you pictures on a podcast because that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> What's, uh, do you like, still, do you know, you- like, like, look, uh, you know, I was doing, going to do serious one day and, and Ricky Gervais, I bumped into him in the lobby. God, he's tiny. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. And he was like, hey, mate. And I'm like, holy shit, Ricky Gervais. Hey, did, mate. Did, did, you, did he know who you were? Yes. And I was so geeked out because I love Ricky Gervais. Well, that's part of the, part of the like, the, uh, I would say, <clears throat> and this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, but part of the cool thing about you is that you aren't, you aren't Kevin Hart, where you're, like, you're as big as Kevin Hart, but you still have this, like, small town of feel. Like, you don't, you have a, um, like, an indie band vibe. 
Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, that makes more sense. Like you don't you don't you don't look you're not like uh, Bon Jovi. You're like Modest Mouse. Still fucking amazing band. Probably sells the exact same amount of tickets as they would on the road, but yeah. not everyone knows about it's it makes yeah. life somewhat doable. Do you like Future Islands? Have you heard of them? What uh I don't think so. They're really good. Who is it? This group I just discovered last year. Really? Future Islands? Yeah. I think you might like them. What kind of music do you listen to? Uh they're like uh how can I describe it? Let me see. They're uh they're like an indie band, I guess. Yeah. And I've never been into that stuff ever. Well, I'm into I'm into like <clears throat> but um I like Wilco. I don't know any of it. I just a friend of mine put me onto them. This is a remake of their song. But like it's like a I I like it because to me it had a 70s feel to it. I like his voice. Yeah. Yeah, it's, he almost sounds like a little bit of like Led Zeppelin, right? This is the but this is the remix. This is a remix. This Who remixed remix. it? Some guy, bad, bad, not good reinterpretation. It's called. Do you like girl talk? Oh no, you don't like girl talk. I mean, as long as he doesn't call himself a DJ, yes. <laughs> you know how I am about DJ. Yeah, I do. <clears throat> I'm like, who's, he's, he's who's opening? Who's opening your shows these days? Spin bad still. Yeah, it's usually spin bad and scratch. But the budget, we cut the budget back a little bit because otherwise, it ends up costing you a lot of money. Yeah, and you know, I'm not saying times are tough, but <laughs> but you know, we scale back a little bit this year. Yeah, and so you do you have a DJ for New Zealand? Yeah, spin bad, spin bad. Mm-hmm. And does he take? Will he go all through the whole tour with you? Yeah. Holy shit! You getting kings coming to your shows? Uh. <clears throat> We just got an email from a princess in Saudi Arabia. Fuck, dude. That would fucking, like, you got to realize, like, I've only had one celebrity came to my show, and I quite honestly, I don't even think he knew he was seeing comedy. Like, uh, fucking Joe Flacco. Flacco. Quarterback for the fucking Ravens. I (laughs) I didn't even know who he was. Doug Benson came up to me and was like, hey, Flacco's at at your show. Benson was just doing a guest set. And I was like, really? He's like, yeah, he wants to party. So we all went out and fucking we're, drink, we're drinking tequila, but I don't even think he knew what the fuck he was at. Like I, he was like, "Yeah, very funny." I don't even know if he said. Yeah, that. it's always the worst when they. Uh... Uh, okay, so back to this Future Islands thing. Okay, you got to see their, see their Letterman performance. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, so I played you the remix, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I pictured a black guy when I. Oh, they sound it. like they sound like the intro band. <laughs> This is the original version. And that's the band. But his dancing is what kills me. But his voice is amazing. He looks like... uh, He looks like Russell Crowe. No, I I wish I could remember exactly... He looks like he's got like a... Like he looks like a child actor who grew up. <clears throat> yeah. His dancing's fucking insane. I wonder what the equivalent of that is in stand up. He gets so into it though. He, you can hear him beating his chest at one point. I would I would have been a front man. What would you have been in a parallel career? Uh if I was uh, if we were say we were musicians, uh, yeah. I, I'd want to be the drummer. Really? Yeah, because the drummer it, it I think everything I've ever done has always been a solo uh, thing. 
Yeah. You know, whether it be sports or it was boxing or jujitsu or you know, I was DJing. Everything I did was like me based. Yeah. So I think if I was in a band, I'd be the drummer because the drummer kind of dictates the pace of the band. Oh, well, that's interesting. I was front man. Yeah. I was in a band in college. Kicked out. The, I'm sure you've never heard this, so I'll tell you. It's pretty interesting. Kicked out the guitarist because he was so fucking good. I realized he's going to realize I suck. And kick <laughs> kick me in the bassist out. So me in the bassist, Brent Bracken, fucking four hundred plan. We were like, "Fuck this guy. We got to get rid of him." He was in our fraternity, so it was kind of hard. So we pulled the drummer and the other guitar side. We're like, "We got to fucking get rid of him." So we iced him, and then he's he was like, "Fuck you guys. I'll start a band ten times better than you." And he started a band called Creed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's still bitter about it. Is he really? Oh, he well, he denies ever knowing me. <clears throat> And I'm like, dude, we were, you were, I gave you your nickname in the fraternity. Like you can't, and arguably I was one of the most famous people leaving that college. When we we graduated, there's no way you didn't like that. Someone didn't say, Hey, do you know Burt Kreischer? And you go, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I was a fucking Rolling Stone magazine. Everyone fucking knew who I was, but yeah, he's a, he was a nice guy, but he fucking, do you do morning radio still? I don't know. Did you ever have to do morning radio? You know why I never did it? Because my following is just such a weird thing where it's not mainstream. And mainstream never really gave a shit about me. And mainstream still doesn't give a shit about me. They're kind of like, well, fuck him. He did it on his own. He doesn't need us. We're not going to help him any further. Really? I literally get shut out. Like, I really feel like the industry has literally just shut me right out. Like, okay, Russell, yeah, 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 you're in the entertainment business. You're in your entertainment business. You're not part of ours. It's but not did, Hollywood that, for me. It's Hollywood movie, not. You did a movie like uh, New Year's Eve or Valentine's Day? or I did New Year's Eve. I did Chef. Did you see Chef? No. <clears throat> Is that with Samuel L. Jackson? No, Chef with uh, John Favreau and Dustin Hoffman. and. No, I'm thinking Shaft. Like, no, Shaft. Chef, Chef. Oh, Chef. I thought you said Shaft. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> Chef. <laughs> no, I did see part of uh, Chef, but I didn't Robert see Dan the whole Jr., thing. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I just saw a clip of it. I was in it. Um, what, like, you have an audition today. What are you, what are you going in on? Uh, Barbershop 3. <laughs> really? <laughs> was, yeah. well, by the way, it was one of my fucking, I, I've always thought this, you always have the best, you always, your hair is always freshly cut. I need a cut right now, actually. It's fucking, my barber's coming here tomorrow. <laughs> so he comes in, you have, like, like Will Smith had a barber that would come to his house. Yeah, yeah I know come his to barber, his work. Pierce. Really? Yeah, it's my buddy Pierce. So, I know Will, too, though. You know Will? Yeah. Yeah. Will's a really nice guy, dude. He's very nice. He was no. he gave me my first deal. Did he? Yeah. With Overbrook? Yep. Nice. Which one? Uh my but what do you mean? Did anything come of it? Oh no, no, no. It was a sitcom I forget what it was about kid in college. It was basically it was it's basically the movie Van Wilder, mm-hmm. I think. But we never uh Did you was, ever make money from that? <clears throat> no, I had nothing to do with it. Nobody nobody sued, nobody. Uh Barry Katz wanted to sue. Uh, Barry Katz and Vincent Nastri and ICM wanted to sue when it came out. And then Barry very wisely called me up and he said, uh, all right, Papa, there's two types of people in this business, people who sue and people who work. Pick which one you want to be. And at the time I had a TV show, so I was like, fuck it. I want to work. And the movie came out, opened horribly. So like as soon as it came out, they're like, don't worry. It's fucking nothing. We can still sell the rights to your life to somewhere else. And it's never going to be attached to this. And then it got a cult following. And then it got a cult following. And like now I have a hard time. Like I I got to this place where when I wrote my book, they wanted me to glom on to the Van Wilder shit. And I was like, no, because 
that movie is so fucking popular with some people. I don't want them coming to see my stand-up and thinking I had anything to do with it. Because I don't want them to think like, and people have said this, did you jack off a dog? And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never even seen the movie. Did you jack off a dog? Ah, I did, but no one knows about it. (laughs) (laughs) It's my dog. I'll do what I like. The movie I wanted to do for you, I told this to Tom. Mm -hmm. By the way, I'm... Who's the lead in Van Wilder? Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds. Canadian. Uh, And at the time, I was in development with uh, the head... Not head writer. One of the head writers for three, two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. I was in a deal with Will. Mm -hmm. uh, Or I was in a deal with CBS when the movie came out. And that was one of my guys. And he goes, yeah, Ryan Reynolds is in that movie. And I guess, I don't know. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> it's it's an interesting footnote in my him? life. Ryan? Yeah. No, he sat, I sat next to him at a restaurant one time. You should have said something. What I, What am I going to say? Hey, Ryan, I'm Bert Kreischer. He'd be like, I have no yeah. fucking And then do this. Are. Turn your head. Can I tell you something crazy? <laughs> I have a fucking meeting with the executive producer of Van Wilder in like two weeks. Hilarious. I have no, I had like... I'm interested. I think he, I don't. I don't. I think I'm sure he wants to develop something, but it's so interesting that I've that I've got a general meeting with him because I, I went. Do into, you like those general meetings? I love them. I hate. I love them more than I love fucking auditions. Oh, I, I hate, hate auditions. auditions. I hate them. I can't do. I'm really bad at auditioning. Like I'm. Re- I'm terrible. I'm the worst auditioner you've ever seen in your life. I'm worse. I did an audition one time. I'll and realized, sit here and I'll read it and I'll go. Okay, I got this. Then I get there and I fall apart in the room. <laughs> Every time they're like, all right, action. And I go, oh, boy. <laughs> I've, I've actually stopped myself in the middle of an audition and excused myself and left. Like I was reading it and I just wasn't into it. And I was like, yeah. I, I remember I was leaning up against the wall as I did it, like very casually. It was, I've been, I'm a horrible auditioner. No, I'm the worst. I, I did an audition one time. The lady said it was for uh, a guy who worked in a bait shop in, uh, and was a big wrestling fan from Louisiana. So I called this bait shop in Louisiana and I said, hey, ma'am, will you guys read these lines to me? I want, to, I want a real authentic Louisiana accent. And I nailed it. I recorded it and I, and I practiced it and I said it just the way these guys did it. Uh, oh, y'all wrong. Y'all, okay, all right. Y'all money grows. Okay. And I did the read and the lady was like, wow, that was fantastic. Where are you from? I said, Tampa. She said, your accent is thick. I said, oh, I don't have an accent. That's, my, that's the character. And she went, oh, Okay. Do you know these guys own a bait shop in Sherman Oaks, right? And I went, no. She's like, they're not not Southern at all. I did the whole fucking thing audition as a character, and she was like, "The <laughs> fuck is wrong with this guy?" So I didn't get it. Needless to say, I, I've I've won one audition in my life. Yeah, <clears throat> that was for Source Code. That was the only audition I ever won. I've n- I call it winning because that's really what it is. I've only won one audition. I won for a pilot for CBS. Uh, I auditioned horribly the whole time, but the part was written for me. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, fuck it. Even knowing I wasn't going to, they're like, bring him into test. And I went into Fox and it was the best audition I've ever had. And I fucking hit it out of the park and Fox was who I needed to convince to do it. And then I went in and did it for CBS and I, the read wasn't that good, but I made Les Moonves laugh. And so it was he there. was there. Oh yeah. It was, it was a test. And so, um, uh, I, he came in and he sat down and I said, and he goes, hello, Bert. I said, hey, Les. And he goes, it's good seeing you again. And I go, we've, we've actually never met. Everyone in the room is like, what the fuck's he doing talking to Les like that? I go, you have a great head of hair. And everyone laughed. I go, what are you doing on the other side of the camera? You should be in front of the camera. And he apparently was a, was a soap star. And he was like, oh, okay. And I said, have you met David J? 
And he goes, no, I haven't. I said, David J., this is Les. He was the guy who had the sitcom. Mm-hmm. And DJ was like, oh, hi, Les, nice to meet you. And he's like, all right, gentlemen, are we going to do this? And we did it, and it wasn't that good. But Les had a good time in the room. He's like, fuck it, I like these guys. Give us, give yeah. me the part. I got a, I got a deal that way once, just in a general. <clears throat> I, we were just talking, and Peter Chernin, I think it was Peter Chernin at the time, who was in the room. And yeah. he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, what? Yeah, what? Okay. Are you, you like general meetings? No. I love them. You don't, how do you not like them? I don't, you know why? Because I always get this fucking look from them like, like, I don't know. I've got an inferiority complex. So I, I always have like this thing like, they're judging me right now. Everything that I'm doing. And, but do you think that's they're because looking you at feel me like and, you're not mainstream? Yeah. And it's like, it's kind of like, they're looking for the holes in me. I could see it. I could tell. You know what I mean? They're just like, they think I'm arrogant. They think I'm this. That, and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not any of these things they think I am, but I think I'm becoming what they think I am because I'm fucking panicking. That's so funny. I bet that, I guarantee that's all in your head because I think the exact opposite. When I when when I, when I your name comes up, you get more curious. Like people, like I brought your name up to Travel Channel today. I was talking on the phone on a conference call and I said, yeah, I got a uh, podcast with Russell Peters. And one of the persons made a joke. I thought they said comedian and they said Canadian. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about you. Mm-hmm. And I said something and then some everyone was really confused and then i said no yeah yeah he is or something and then they're like wait is anyone canadian on this phone and i was like wait what and they're like does everyone know who russell peters is and someone goes no who is he and i said well google him all of a sudden the guy's like holy shit and now everyone's on you so it's like one of those things that i think that i think you think you you circumnavigated the business and got big on your own and people look at that in spite, like, fuck you, use that your own path. Mm-hmm. But I think it's the exact opposite. I think people feel like they I also, fucking... I also think that people don't realize that I've been doing this for 26 years. I don't think anyone realizes you've been... <laughs> I think people think... I think they think I just started doing stand-up and then got on the internet like like Angela Johnson. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. She was doing it. She'd done it like four times. And then she was famous. You know what I mean? And like never had to do the hard road and which, you know, that's the congrats. But, you know, that's not my route. My route was I did the biker bars. I did the one nighters. I've been booed off stage. You know what I mean? (laughs) I I grew up in this. I started when I was 19 and 45 this year. It's this is like this is a this is a lifetime of work now. I've been doing this longer than I've been doing anything else in my life. Have you ever thought about making your own movie? I thought, but I don't have a movie idea. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Ready? Little okay, just hear it out. Okay. I, and here, I, I'm not poo pooing anything. No, here, just hear it out. Because I told it to Buns, and he literally sat next to me. Buns, so I call Segura Buns. <laughs> I was, I told it to Buns. I go because okay, it's about you. Okay, journeyman boxer. Mm-hmm. Uh, great jab, great hook. Don't never really had like a haymaker punch, but your real strength was you were real quick on your feet, and no one could touch you. The point is now you're like. 40 years old and you got to make your living just being like a sparring partner. But the problem is the coaches want them to hit you. That's not your natural instinct. Your great grandfather dies. You didn't even know him. You didn't even know your great grandfather's father was still alive. He's a grandfather. Yeah. He's, he's fucking a hundred years old and he Mm -hmm. dies. Your dad calls you go over to India for his funeral and you find, (laughs) you find out that your great, your great grandfather was the world's greatest snake charmer. <laughs> it's Happy Gilmore, but with snakes, <laughs> with cobras. Can you, can you get dodge punches? So you're dodging cobras. So I'm, I'm Russell the Cobra, Peter. So, but all I have is 
the one thing I can't stop. I, the reason I thought about it is I was, uh, I thought, I just, I just, because I knew you boxed. And then I was trying to mesh up the Indian background. But the, the, here are the two things I like about it. One scene is you just getting bit over and over by Cobra. It's like, I'm okay. I'm okay. No, you got to get, you got to build up your tolerance. Like, okay, okay. And then the other one is, uh, the other thing I like is that you don't play an Indian guy. You play an, an American. Right. You play a regular dude who's in India. Yeah. It's fish out of water. But uh, that was in, my in water that can give you dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> I told it to Bunt, and he's howling, laughing, <laughs> and he's like, "No, let's call him right now. I want to hear you pitch that to him." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I'd always wonder, like, what do you, where do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself in ten years? <clears throat> well, in ten years, I'll be fifty-five. I don't know, dude. I, I you know, I I got into this business because I want to be in movies. Yeah, and then I. It, it sometimes gets depressing because it's like, like I'll give an example. Like this Bieber roast is happening. Yeah. And uh, apparently Bieber wanted me on the roast. And I wanted to be on it because Bieber's Canadian. I'm Canadian. You know, it would be, be a good look for both of us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then Comedy Central were like, no, it's not in the cards. Literally, that was where their words, like, it's not in the cards. And I'm like. And I wrote a bunch of jokes for it. I was like, because I thought I was doing it for sure. I was like, Bieber wants me on it. Like, why yeah. would I? No, I'm not doing it. And it really fucked with my head because I'm like, what did I do to you? You're yeah. you're the fucking, we're in the same business. It's like specifically the same business. Is it, are you mad that I never did a special with you? I never sold you? Like, what is it that, what's the, what's going on here? Uh, I wonder if it's one of those things where they just don't have money invested in you. So they're. Yeah, I guess. <clears throat> that makes more sense if they say that, you know? Yeah, he's good, but we have people that we've got money in that we then say that. Yeah. You know, but like, just to be like, nah, it's not in the cards. And I'm like, wow, it sucks. But that, I, you know, I think that is what makes other comics like you, is because we all, every one of us feels like that. Every fucking comic feels like that. Yeah. And the fact that you are. <clears throat> you know, in a $4 million mansion overlooking Malibu, but you still feel like that mm-hmm. is the thing that I think it's probably the thing that keeps you writing and selling tickets and, and passionate about stand up. But I feel like, I feel like that all the time. I feel like that constantly. Yeah. Like I feel like that. I, I, like I remember submitting for a half hour, like three times and they just passed. I was like, I'm fucking killing on the road. Like, yeah. And they're they They'll do whatever they can to poo poo you. And then when you see the people that they get behind, you're like, what? That motherfucker hasn't done anything. Like, they couldn't sell out a club. Yeah. And and even if they did, they would be good for 10 minutes. And sometimes what they do, and I find this to be a little counterproductive to stand-up in general, is they get behind someone who does not have the material to fill an hour. And then because they've been on that in that limelight, they're then placed in the position to do hours, and those people end up borrowing people's material because they have so much hype behind them. Yeah. They such or, a fucking, or they just start putting them in all the things that we wish we'd be doing. Like, I wouldn't mind doing a small role on that. Oh, well, and they put them in that. And then, oh, look, who's doing characters on this? Oh, that's nice. And you're like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, what? what who did we piss off? Yeah, I, I feel like. Uh, but then I, I, you look at it again. Like, I guess we look at we're looked at as the old guard now. You know what I mean? I, dude, I'm. I, I just realized the other day I'm no longer a young comic. Yeah, like I'm just a fucking guy that's been doing it for. I've been doing it for like I guess 15 years. Longer than that. You were in Scotland 15 years ago. I, I had. By the way, I'd only been doing stand up for a year 
when oh, I was really? in Scotland. Yeah. Wow. I thought you were. No, I started. I got really. <clears throat> I got discovered by Will Smith really quickly. Oh wow! Doing stand up, I was working the door at the Boston Comedy Club, mm-hmm. and I got discovered like six months in. Six figure deal, six months into stand up. Oh wow! So you had that road that I'm talking about. Oh, I I had that road, but then what happened was, and I, this is a, this goes back to Patrice. I, he's a very pivotal guy in my in my. Him and Keith were pivotal guys to me. Keith, so Keith always I I. I expect him to be bigger. Like I, I yo, he's so fucking, is fucking funny. Did you see a special? I haven't seen no. I haven't seen anyone special, dude. Keith is so amazing. He's like, so fucking hilarious. Have you seen him in Colin Quinn's new show, Cop Show? No. He's fucking. It's, Cop Show is one of my favorite shows out. What it's is on, it? It's online. It's Colin Quinn doing uh, behind the scenes of his cop show. So they show him shooting his cop show, right. but they talk to him as the star actor, and he is absolutely fucking hilarious i like colin quinn a lot he's a I great guy i love too. colin quinn i love colin quinn you see, you, are, you have a vibe of a new york comic i think that's why you probably got along with patrice so well well yeah i mean i grew up in toronto which is just on the border with new york i go into toronto in a couple of weeks where are you playing uh some underground like a comedy underground yeah the or absolute the marijuana club oh comedy underground yeah, yeah. we just get high as fuck by, by just standing in the room yes apparently yeah <laughs> I got I, your throat starts hurting first, and then your eyes start bubbling, and you're like, yeah. "Oh fuck, here we go." Yeah. Um, yeah. I. I uh, what was I saying? Yeah, I feel like. Have you ever thought about writing your own shit? Here's the problem. My problem is I can't think of anything. I literally like people are like, "Why don't you write something? You got to create your own thing." I'm like, I. It, here's my problem is that that's sounds great on the outside. Yeah. But if I start thinking about that, then I stop thinking about stand up. Then I don't eat. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like I, I can't split my focus like that. I'm not built like that. Yeah, I got my hand in too many pies. At yeah, one for point. me, it's just like I can only do one thing. If I'm not doing the one thing, if I put my energy into something else, which is, you know, fair enough. But but this one is so profitable. Yeah. Why am I gambling on this one? Which is fair enough that I should gamble. But I think I would need a writing partner for that because I don't have one for stand up. I don't. I would never. Do you write all your own material? Absolutely. 100%. How do you feel about guys who have writers? Uh, like Ari Spears said, it's like a uh, athlete using steroids. Yeah. I, I feel like that too. I feel like, and, and I don't like, I mean, there's nothing wrong with a, a friend. Like I have Ruben Paul, uh, one of my best friends and a very funny comic. He is the only person I've ever met in my life who can watch my act. Watch like, he'll, I'll be like, yo, I need you to watch my set and he'll watch my set and he'll go, okay, a couple of things. This needs to go there. This needs to go here. Yeah. And shorten this and try that. And that's that's what he do, He does for me. And it and it makes it, it's it's like having a great boxing coach. Yeah. It's like somebody watching you going. You know, you drop your right hand when you throw a jab. I did not know that. Well, I can I I see it. Yeah. So keep your right hand up when you throw a jab, or you're gonna get knocked the fuck out by a left hook. So it's that kind of stuff that he's able to see when I'm on stage. He's the only person twenty six years that I've ever met that can do that and 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 he'll and he's great enough of a person to write it down for me like he'll send me an email with like here's here's the order of your set he won't write any jokes but like here's the order of your set the way it needs to go yeah and it'll make more sense i went i I told fitzsimmons uh great yeah i was a great guy too i wanted him to direct my hour special 
but in directing it, I wanted him to go on the road with me for a couple of weeks and help me figure out what the fuck I'm doing. Right. So I have so much goddamn material right now right. that I feel like I'm throwing everything against a wall trying to find out what sticks, but I don't – but it's like I've, I've gotten to a place with, with where I can sell material that's kind of weak. Mm-hmm. So I don't – I'm selling everything, so I don't – Yeah, well, that's – I'm with you there. My act that I'm doing right now is only just now not even a year old. And there's stuff in there that to me it, I, I know is weak. Yeah. But it, it gets laughs. Yeah. And you're like, well, you can't fucking, you can't sit there and go, I'm killing. You can never believe the hype. <laughs> yeah. You have to be honest with enough, enough with yourself to be like, I know that's not that funny. And I know that can be better. But no, like I, I need somebody to, like, to watch it and go, yeah, that's not that good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or have you thought about doing it this way? You know I, I mean? just need someone to go, hey, man, like uh, another blowjob joke? You know, or like something like – it's. A, I, I want someone to be brutally honest with me about my stand-up. Here. Not fans. Not guys going uh, – uh. You don't like want a, fans and you don't want somebody who's going to – who's a comedy snob, so to speak. Right. going to be like, oh, really? Another – like I find a lot of young comics do that. Like, oh, one of those types of – I'm like – Wait a minute. You've not been in this business long enough to start poo-pooing jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Look at Louis C.K. He revisited material that I thought – like he was doing like uh, – he did on his like second special, he was doing jokes that I'd already seen people do, but he was doing them in such an original way. I went, okay, so nothing's dead. Yeah. Nothing's dead. Yeah, like when they say, oh, it's hacky. I'm like, what's hacky about it? If if yeah, if it's done in a hacky way, but if it's yeah. done in your way and you own it and make it you know, the, like, you know – it's not hacky anymore. I it? want. I would love to have someone go on the road with me and help me. Uh, you want me to? Uh, you got to meet Ruben. He's he, he's honestly like a fucking wizard watching you and he, and just go. Uh, I, need, I see what you need to do here. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, he's, yeah. I, I'll introduce you to him. Yeah, uh, please. He's, I think I've met him in New York. I feel like he used to book no, a he's club. From, he's from out here. He's oh, a wait. Cali guy. Who am I thinking then? I don't know. Who you're thinking. Let me see if I have a picture of Ruben. I know. I know of <laughs> Ruben Paul only because. Of like through stand up, but I thought I used to think there was a guy in New York that booked a club up up in the Upper West Side named something Ruben, probably a Jewish guy named Ruben, probably not a black fella from Carson, California. Yeah, I wish I had that. I I feel like I he's honestly, dude. I've never met anybody who who was able to figure that out. For yeah, well, I don't. I can't really offer him the kind of uh, perks he gets on tour with you. Like, hey, you want to go to fucking Toledo? Not jump. Oh, that is not. Wait, so they're on the right. This one. Yeah, who's yeah. the other guy? Jean Pascal, the light heavyweight champ. I just uh <laughs> Yeah, I've I've met Ruben before. Yeah, of course you have. Um Jean Pascal, is he the guy that's fighting? What's his name? He's fighting Kovalev in a couple of weeks. Yeah. I saw that Kovalev uh was on Showtime and his wife was driving the they're driving in the car and his wife has his baby on her lap because they're from fucking the Eastern Bloc where they still do that. Yeah. And I was like, Hey honey, we're supposed to be using <laughs> I just showed him the most racist picture ever. Oh, someone, I had the thought today of of saying to someone, it's only racist if you think it's racist. Yeah. Like, it's not racist if you don't think it's racist. Yeah, it's, we live in such a weird time, dude. I, so I, that's, I said, that's Ruben and Sugar Ray Leonard there. Yeah. You know, I, I met Ruben. Yeah. I've definitely met Ruben. I, so I thought today they were talking about uh, the Black Lives Matter, and they were saying that cops... That racist cops don't really feel like Black Lives Matter, and I had the first time in my life I went. Well, I guess I can't really uh, acknowledge that because I don't know what racist people think. 
Like, I'm not genuinely racist. So maybe racist people really do think that. I don't know. Yeah, I, it's it's one of those things where people really get so caught up in words that they forget about intent. Yeah. And tone, you can tell intent. You could see, you could see it in a person's face when they say something, like yeah. where their head is at. You know, that there's a sort of it's a it's such a it's such a weird thing that you you know when somebody's being right. Like that woman on uh, on the news who said uh, uh, Jigaboo. Yes, you could tell she didn't mean it that way. She w- she could, had no clue. she had no clue that she had said something fucked up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, and it was funny because you're like, wow, it's like it's like watching a dumb person. It's like watching my ex girlfriend who said, are, "Are we going underwater?" <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just innocent. Like, oh, you didn't know that was dumb, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> you almost got to like, oh, that was so hilarious because she, clearly she was just trying to, clearly she had either heard someone use that word. Yeah. And, 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 and completely took it out of context. And it, she, Yeah. She just didn't, she had no clue. I grew up in the South. I never heard that word. I mean, I heard that word. I know the word, but I never heard people use that word. No one used that word. Yeah. You like, know what I think it's funny is I'm, I'm sure I, I think people get, uh, white people confused with sitting there. People think. Not like non-white people, I think. As a non-white person, yeah. growing up, we used to think that white people would sit around and conspire, really, like about how to get rid of non-white people. Like they would just oh. sit around the dinner table, and be like, and then we gotta get the blah blah blah. And you're like, no, they just live their lives. They really don't give a fuck. Yeah. They don't. They don't sit there worrying about us. The only time that I, f- I want to say that real genuine racism happens is in traffic. <clears throat> That's oh, the yeah. m- most times when white people are racist. It's just in traffic. I wouldn't most- say white people. I would say everybody. I'd say everybody too. Oh my our, god! Our, my- our best friends are uh, Vietnamese, Vietnamese and Chinese. Uh, Dirty knees. What are these? They, <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they definitely are the most racist people I've ever met. Uh, oh yeah, you'll, that's the funny thing about all of the racist stuff is that non-white people are far more racist than white people could ever even imagine. Oh, and they say it right to me, and I always have the feeling like mm-hmm. if I'm laughing, look at fucking <laughs> seriously. Do you see why I need the sport tops? You just pour that all down your chest. <laughs> what a fucking retard! <laughs> I told you I need the sport cap. <laughs> look at it. I look like a fucking money shot right now. <laughs> My wife used the term bukkake the other day. I go, do you know what that means? She was like, no, it means like all over the place, right? And I go, no, all over someone's face. She was like, oh, I didn't. Oh, my God, I didn't know what that I'm was. i dip out and just wipe my face real quick. I got coffee all over. <laughs> Looks like I just did an ATM scene. Come on, guy. <laughs> How tall are you? Oh, you look taller. Right, Russell went back to his bathroom. Hey, do you wipe your ass standing up? Do you wipe your ass standing up? Oh, you don't have one of those Chinese, those Japanese toilets, do you? I do. I do have a Jap, two. I have one in my Toronto house and one in my uh, Vegas house, but I have a bidet here, which I much prefer. <sighs> that is the greatest fucking thing in the world. I'm, yeah. I actually talk about it in my act now that toilet paper just seems so barbaric to me. Oh, it's like fucking. <clears throat> I get obsessed that we still use forks. Like the forks haven't changed over this. Like, the, like, do you think there'd be an innovation? What I want are monkey fists. Like a monkey <laughs> fist to grab it, and put it in my mouth, and then let it go. Well, Indian people eat like that with their hands. I want a little baby hand so yeah. I can put put it in my mouth. You ever put your kid's hand in your mouth when they were babies? I do that all the time because I'm scared I would bite it off. <laughs> 
because I'd be so tempted. It seems so soft and smushy. What time's your? Uh, what time's your? Three thirty. I gotta get ready. Oh yeah, we gotta. We probably should wrap this up. All right. But, so no, but uh, yeah, I, I'm a big, <clears throat> I'm a big proponent of the ass washing. It it's the, it changes lives. You know what they have in France is the uh, uh, intimate cleaner. <clears throat> At the front one? No, yeah, you just face it, turn it on, and it just it's just a spigot in a bowl, and you just turn around and just wash your junk. Mm-hmm. Fucking loved it. I did it all the time. Every oh yeah, day. I'm, just, I'm a big fan of that. I'm, uh, oh, you know, like I, you know, <clears throat> I, I, my theory is this: Have you ever had shit like a tiny piece of shit touch your finger, and all you're thinking in your head is like, cut my hand off? Yeah, right. And then, and I ask people, if you ever had shit on your finger, would you wipe it off or would you wash it off? Wash it. Yeah. So yeah. then why, when a log of shit comes out of your asshole, <laughs> do you just paint your ass with shit? You sound like Steve Byrne. Steve Byrne gets naked if he shits. Can oh, I shit saying. in public naked and takes a shower? Me too. Are you serious? Well, I, well, I'll bidet. Bidet is the goddamn greatest thing in the world. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I don't when even... Do redo the toilet paper is there for guests. <laughs> and I wipe my dick after I pee. Really? Like you burp it? Yeah, I, I, the, my dew drops. <laughs> oh, dude. I've gotten to a place I, where I my... take one... Sh- one sheet and just pat the tip, you know, peeny, peeny tips. You know, you don't want to have piss stains in your underwear, so. Are you circumcised? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. okay. You? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. My dick's gotten so small lately. Like, just, I think, I just gaining weight. It got bigger, probably. Yeah. Um, I got How to the place, now? 42. Yeah. Have you noticed, you ever had this happen where you're uh, sitting down and your dick gets too relaxed and it inverts on itself? <laughs> And you sit there underneath pushing your balls out to try and get the head back out. I've had that happen. It's embarrassing. And, you, and, and even if you're alone, you just feel like less of a man. You're like, oh, my God, I've got no penis right now. I feel, I've, my dick's at a place now where it like – like I had, I had this visual that I'd, that I'd come over here and uh, you'd be like, oh, let's go swimming first. I was just thinking in my head. And then I was like, I don't have a penis suit. I wouldn't mind swimming naked. But I go, I wonder if my dick is not the kind of dick you could swim naked with. Like, because it would creep you out so bad. Like, if you guys saw Ari's dick, you could totally swim naked with it. Ari Shafir? Oh, yeah, Ari's got a nice piece. Hey, he's got a big hog on him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, Al Madrigal was doing an interview with NPR, and Ari and I were supposed to be in the room for a meeting afterwards, but it was running long. And uh, I said to Ari, go, let's get naked and just walk in the room. Just sit down very casually and right next to Al. And Ari's like, I'll do it. So we got naked. But my dick was so small that I fucking, I didn't know how big Ari's was. And it was made it uncomfortable. And then, of course, it's NPR. They don't have that kind of sense of humor where naked dicks are like, can fly around. All right. So, uh, so what do we cover here today? Uh, I don't know that we covered anything too great, but it was fun. I had a good time. I, have, I always have a good time talking to you. I, I feel like, time, uh, I feel like uh, I haven't seen you in so long, too, you know, and I'm always I've been I'm very pro Bert. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm pro Bert. Um, Whenever I hear your name, I light up. I'm like, ah, Bert. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, I'm I'm traveling nonstop. Would you would you let Travel Channel do a show where they followed your tour around the world? Yeah. 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 And then they're a little late on this one, but yeah, but the next one and then they do it. Follow you on a tour around the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then you guys like I plan activities for you guys to do in the cities. Mm-hmm. Like a good meal, like um, like idiot abroad almost. Yeah, yeah. For you, Ruben, Greg, whoever is on tour, who's on tour with me? Yeah. All right, I'll take it to travel. Yeah. I'll tell I'll tell him to call Clayton. Yeah, and then we'll work on the uh, Snake Charming movie. <laughs> you had me right up until the Snake Charming bit. I was like, uh huh. Oh, <laughs> it's so good. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> Guys. Uh, you can find Russell at, at Russell Peters. Uh, yeah, RussellPeters.com. No, at the real Russell P. Oh, really? Yeah, at the real Russell P on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And RussellPeters.com. And RussellPeters.com. And if you guys are in 
New Zealand, uh, Australia. When is this going to air? Uh, when do you want it to? Whenever you want, buddy. Uh, next week. Okay, so then I'll be in Australia by then. Okay, <laughs> so uh, go Asia, guys. you know, <laughs> Europe, wherever. Yeah, do me a favor. Send pictures of you at his show and tag <laughs> me in that you listen to the podcast, and I will fucking lose my shit yeah. if I have fucking an, a listener in Asia. Yeah. I'll be fucking blown away. Yeah, one listener in Asia. I've got a bunch in Australia. Oh, good. Yeah. Was, have you been out there? Yeah. I went for to do TV, never to do stand up. You got to do stand up out there. Uh, yeah, I did. I've only a broad stuff I've done really is like uh, the comedy store in London, mm-hmm. and then obviously you know Tumblr and that kind of Amsterdam, shit. But yeah, yeah. I haven't really done it that much. I feel like I folk, I'd rather be in Toledo, where I can make money and you know not have to fly that where far. Was I in Toledo was it? Is Toledo the one where the uh, the hotels directly across the street from the club? Yep. And the clubs in that little strip mall type of thing. And they have the band, blues band, band start playing in the middle of your act. Uh, the clubs upstairs. Yep. Yeah, it's a good club. I I, uh, I shit the bed there when I was fucking this chick. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end the show. <laughs> Literally, shit the bed. She fucked the shit out of you. Well, no, I was fucking her, and then I had gas. It was morning in the morning one. Yeah. <clears throat> And I'm behind her. I'm like, ah, I'm like, I can't hold it. I can't keep this hard on it and and the gas. So I go, oh, let's take a break for a minute. And then <clears throat> she's like, okay. And then I uh, I have this move where I cough and fart when I'm with a new chick, so that way it distracts them and they don't hear the fart. Oh, that's so dangerous. But I was in this. I was on my knees in that that position. Yeah. And I coughed and <laughs> sharted all over the bed. And then she went to the bathroom and I didn't realize I'd done that. And I was like. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I got up and I got oh my god. You grab the sheets, throw it, them in a the fucking closet. Like, it looked like mud, like dry mud because it, I had taken a fucking Metamucil before I went to bed. <laughs> That's how you know it's an old person's problem. <laughs> Wait, how did you get out of it? She goes, I go, she goes, ew, what is that? I go, I don't know. And she goes, we weren't even on that side of the bed. I go, right? <laughs> Right? Right? <laughs> Your idea is better than mine. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I just hope you're going to end this. So. All right, Russell, I'll see you later, buddy. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.